Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for your sacrifice, Lord. We worship you. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We worship you. Now, Father, we just thank you for your sacrifice. Anybody here that's sick in their body, I loose healing upon them right now in the name of Jesus because your body was broken for their healing. Anybody that needs the blood applied to their lives, I'll apply it right now. You shed your blood so that we can have remission of sin. So I release that on your people this morning. And Father, we thank you and give you praise. Now, Father, we pray that you have your way today, that you move by your spirit as only you can. Speak to us through the word of God this morning. Give us a right now word, a word in season that will minister life, grace, and health to us as hearers. Open up the people's ears that they may hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. Open up our hearts that we may receive, our minds that we may understand, our eyes that we may see. Let us be very clear about what we're about to hear today. Let nobody leave this place the same. And Father, for we thank you and bless you. We give you all the praise, the glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's just give Jesus a praise. Amen, amen. Come on, you can do better than that. Give Jesus a praise. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right. How you guys doing this morning? You guys good? Amen, amen, amen. All right. We're going to get ready to get right into the word of God this morning. You know, I... um. Turn your Bibles to Joel chapter 2. Joel, not Joe. <laughs> Joel chapter 2. We're going to read verses 23 through 27. And, um, you know, last week, well, not, not last week, my wife preached last week. So the week before last, I was uh, ministering on um, God restoring and it's something because, you know, I have a new uh, thing that I do now. I go over to my pastor's church and uh, I listen to the word in the morning. So I go there at about nine o'clock and I sit under the word and then I come here straight from there. And uh, last week he was on vacation, but we had uh, one of our, you know, one of our other uh, pastors, Pastor Kenny, who's the pastor of the church in Inglewood. And he was, uh, and he just confirmed what I was uh, speaking to you guys about. And I just, I, this, is, this is what he said. I'm just going to give you a couple of uh, bullet points, and then I'll get into my message. But he said, um, he said 2019 is the season of restoration. <laughs> then he said that the thief is being revealed, and he has to restore sevenfold. You know, the Bible says if the thief gets caught stealing, he has to restore. And um, he said that there's going to be divine turnarounds this year divine turnarounds and then he said there will be renewed finances and opportunity for prosperity so um, those are, so as he was saying that I'm like all right God I know you're speaking you know I was I was I preached a whole message on that the week before but I'm gonna continue it this week you know about God restoring because I know that this is the word that God is speaking right now God, for many of you, God's about to restore you. Many of you have lost things. And you know what God spoke to me about? 
He said that some things you lost, and it wasn't, it wasn't, the, it wasn't uh, somebody else's fault. You can't blame it on the devil. You can't blame it on God. You know, some of the things that you lost was just purely your fault or my fault. And he said, and even those things, I'm going to restore. <laughs> even if you lost it because you made a mistake or because you didn't handle it right or if you didn't, uh, you know, uh, understand how to manage that blessing that you had, even if that's the situation, he's not going to restore it. This is the word he spoke to me while I was on vacation. My wife and I were on vacation. And he said, I'm about to get ready. He said, I'm about ready to restore. He said, I want you to tell my people I'm going to restore them. Everything that they lost, everything that was stolen from them, I'm going to restore. So now, you guys don't even seem like you're excited about that. What do you guys need to get excited around here? So, so in Joel chapter 2, verses 23 to 27, it says, So rejoice. O children of Zion, speaking Zion always often speaks of the church. Rejoice. Don't be, uh, don't be depressed. Rejoice. You know, don't, don't have your head hanging down. I want you to rejoice. I want you to get happy. Rejoice, he says, and delight in the Lord your God. For he has given you the early, the early rain and vindication. And he has poured down the rain for you. The early rain and the late or the latter rain as before. So these, these, these seasons are, speaks of two different types of blessings. I won't get into that. But he says you're going to pour out the early and the latter rain upon you. And it's really to, those rains get the ground conducive for sowing and for harvest. The early rain, it breaks up the ground because the ground was really hard so the early rain came to break up that hard ground so that they could be able to sow seed that was the early rain but then the latter rain came throughout to, to prepare the ground for harvest so he says I've poured out both the early and the latter rain so that's why he says I want you to rejoice stop being sad you know rejoice so you got to be able to, I, I, you know, I, I preached a message some time ago on the seasons of God, on spiritual seasons. You know, because see right now, you know, you, everybody starts, you know, changing their attire because you can start feeling that summer's, summer's getting here. You know, so now, you know, I'm putting on my short sleeve shirt, put some shorts on or something like that. Start making plans to go to the beach or something like that. Because it's about to be nice outside. You, start, you can feel it. You know, you, know, you know by the date on the calendar and by what you're feeling outside that the seasons are changing. See, but although people see that in the natural, oftentimes people are not as astute to spiritual seasons. And just like, just like this earth has natural seasons, in the spirit, there are seasons. You just like just like in the in the natural, you have your winter time, you have your spring, your summer, you have your fall. And you have to understand what season you're in. And see, if you don't understand what season you're in, you'll be doing the wrong you'll be doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. Can you imagine me walking outside right now with a triple fat goose on? 
I was triple fat. That's when I was a kid. We used to have those. <laughs> I don't think they have triple fats no more. <laughs> but that thing was goose down, man. That thing, you put that thing on, man. If I put that thing on right now and walk outside, I fry. <laughs> Mama said I faint outside. But see, people do that in the spirit. They put the wrong, they put the wrong attire on in the wrong spiritual season. You know, in the wintertime, it's not time for you to, be, uh, to, to start new things. It's not the time. You try to start something new. If you, if, if I, in, a, in, a, in the wintertime, if I went outside and I tried to plant some seed, I say, I want some flowers. And it's snowing outside. Yeah, I'm going to plant me some flowers. And I dig up that ground and I plant flowers. I don't care how much I pray. I don't care how much I fast. I don't care how much I water the ground. Guess what? Ain't no flowers coming up. Not because, you know, my seed is bad. Not because my water is bad. It's not the season. And if you start doing things and it ain't the season, you're not going to get the results you're looking for. And then what happens with people is they, they get discouraged. Because they began to sow in the wrong season and it didn't produce what they were looking for. And they get mad at God. You know, I can't believe it. I've been praying. I've been fasting. I've been giving. I've been doing everything I'm supposed to do and it ain't working. Well, guess what? You got to make sure you're in the right season. But now, see, is the season of restoration. He said, I'm, see, I'm, I'm pouring out the early and the latter rain. See I'm, I'm, see, I'm getting ready to do some things. I'm getting ready to restore you. And see, you can be so jaded because it didn't work for you in the winter. Then now that it is time, you say, well, it didn't work before. God say, I'm, I'm ready to restore you. I'm ready to, you know, do for you, you know, everything I promised you. And you can say, well, you know, I tried that before. It didn't happen. Didn't work. So I don't, I don't want to try and fail again. And God is saying, come on, this is the time. Do it. So he says, I want you to rejoice. Because I've poured out, I'm pouring out the early and the latter rain. And he says, and the threshing floor shall be full of grain. And the vat shall overflow with new wine and oil. Speaking of spiritual blessings. And I will restore to you, and I like the Amplified version because it says, I will compensate you for the years that the swarming locusts have eaten, the creeping locusts, the stripping locusts, and the gnawing locusts. And he says, my great army which I send among you. And he says, and you will have plenty to eat and be satisfied. And you'll praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And he says, and my people shall never be put to shame. You know, this is one thing that I always pray. I always remind God. Whenever I'm in a situation, I say, God, you said in your word that I would never be put to shame. Don't let me, uh, don't let me be embarrassed over this situation. You said in your word that I would never be put to shame. See, that's why the Bible says to you, you got, you got to put God in remembrance. He said, put me in remembrance. Let's plead together. I said, God, you, you said I would never be, I wouldn't be put to shame. 
And he says, my people shall never be put to shame. And he said, and you shall know without any doubt that I'm in the midst of Israel to protect and bless you. And I am the Lord your God and there is no other. And he says, and my people will never be put to shame. See, he says it two times in the same passage. He wanted to make sure you understood. I will not have you be put to shame. You won't be put to shame. And I just put here, you know, again, as you know, as my wife and I were on vacation, you know, this is the word that the Lord spoke to me. He said that he's about to restore the years that the enemy has stolen from the people of God. And again, I love the way the Amplifier puts it because it says that he's going to compensate you for the years. That means that he's going to give you back pay for all the years for all the years of hell that you've been through. He says, I'm going to give you back pay. See, thank you for restoring, but he said, I'm going to give you back pay. Have you ever got back pay before? I was saying this recently. I got, a, I got this raise on my job, and they gave it to me in September, but it didn't go effect until January. So in January, I got one big fat check. I saw that check. I said, Glory. It's nice to get back pay. See, God, see, all those years that you've been going through hell, and see, you thought that you lost everything, and he says, see, I'm going to give you, I'm gonna, you, you know, ain't lost nothing, because I'm going to give you back pay for all that. I'm going to give you one, God said, I'm going to give you one big fat check for all the hell you've been through over these last 5, 10, 15 years, whatever it was. I'm going to give you back pay. One big fat check. That's going to make up for everything you lost. You know, that's why, you know, the, that's why, you know, Joseph, when he came out of his situation, you know, Joseph, man, when he came out of his situation, the Bible says that he had two children that were born to him while he was in Egypt. And he named the first child Manasseh. And that first son's name meant, with one blessing from the Lord, he has caused me to forget all of my toil in my, in my father's house. One, God, it only takes one blessing for God to make you to forget all the hell you've been through. It only takes one blessing. He's, with one blessing, he has caused me to forget all those years, all of the stuff he went through in his father's house. Everything that he went through in, Potiphar, in that pit, in Potiphar's house, in prison, one blessing, he said, has caused me to forget everything that I went through these last 13 years. And then he named his second son Ephraim, which means God has caused me to be doubly fruitful in the land of my affliction. <laughs> That's the second part of my message. I'm going to get there in a second. But he said, I'm going to give you back pay for everything that you lost. And I put here, see, the amazing thing that God said to me is that He's even going to compensate you for the mistakes that you've made. And again, you see some things were lost due to mismanagement. And that can mean mismanagement of your money or an opportunity, whatever. It can just be, you know, something that you had in your hands and that you lost it. And it wasn't nobody's fault but yours. All you can do is look back and say, man, I can't blame nobody but myself. How many of you guys can say you get lost some stuff and you just say, you know what, I just can't blame nobody but myself. 
I never forget, man. I lost this. I lost. I lost the house once, man. I said, "There ain't nobody fault but my fault." Had three family house, man, and uh, you know, mismanagement. I was young. I was got into real estate young, and I bought this house and bought it. It was just a bad deal, and it was nobody fault but mine. And I can't look. I can't say, "Oh, it was the devil," because everybody, you know, when something goes wrong, they want to blame the devil. You know, oh, it was that person. You know, no, it was my fault. But the beautiful thing is, God says, see, I'm going to even compensate you. I'm going to pay you back for that. Anything that you've lost, even if it was your, your fault, I'm going to pay you back. And I said, you know, some things were just lost through the poor decisions. Whatever the reason, God told me that he's going to restore you and that he's going to compensate you by giving you back pay for all those years that you've lost. Can you say amen to that? Amen. You guys a little happy about that or what? My God, man, you guys looking at me like I'm from another planet or something like that. But it's true, man. I mean, I, I, I feel it with, every, with every, everything I got on the inside of me. All right, let me just keep getting into my message. Turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 61. Now, this is the second part. So, now, now, God blessed, now he, uh, Joseph had first son, he's called Manasseh, which means God, you know, with one blessing from God, he has caused me to forget all my toil in my father's house. And then he gave him an Ephraim, which means that he was going to be doubly fruitful in the land of his affliction. That's the second thing that God told me. So the first thing he told me was that he's going to restore. He's going to compensate you. He's going to give you back pay. That would be just enough for me. How about you? Wouldn't you just be happy to get just restored? I mean, just restore me, man. I'd be happy. Just give me everything that I lost. I'd be happy. He says, I'm going to restore you. I'm going to compensate you. He said, I'm going to give you back pay. And then God spoke to me and said, and I'm going to make them doubly fruitful in the land that they've been afflicted in. In Isaiah 61, 5 through 9, it says, Strangers will stand and feed your flocks. <laughs> and foreigners will be your farmers and your vine dressers. And I, said, I, I, and I said, you know, God's about to put people to work for you. Strangers will stand. Did you get that? Strangers will stand and feed your flocks. And foreigners will be your farmers and your vine dressers. And he says, but you shall be called the priests of the Lord. People will speak of you as ministers of our God. And this, of course, speaks of you seeking God first. Remember, that's the word for this year, seeking first the kingdom of God. He says, see, if you seek me first, I'll make people be your vine dressers. See, other, I'm going to have other people work. See, you're going to be able to seek me because I'm going to have others working for you. <laughs> and he says, you will eat the wealth of the nations. And you will boast of their riches. And I just put here, see, right now people are storing up wealth to turn it over to you. See, that's what God will do for you when you begin to seek him first. And he said, instead of your former shame, you will have a double portion. 
So I'm going to give you double for your shame. Because remember, he said, I'm not going to let you be ashamed. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to have to give you double so that you won't be ashamed. <laughs> and instead of humiliation, your people will shout for joy over their portion. Therefore, in their land, they will possess double. Double what they had forfeited or what they lost. So not only God did God say, I'm going to pay you back. I'm going to compensate you. I'm going to restore. I'm going to give you back pay. Then he said, now I'm going to give you double what you lost. I'm going to give you two times what you lost. You lost one. Now you're going to have two. You lost two things. Now you're going to have four of them. See, God is into multiplication. God is not into addition. When he began to bless his people, he said, when God blessed Adam, he said, be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> not add, not subtract, not divide, multiply. See, God's into multiplication. He's not into division. He ain't even into addition. He's into multiplying. He's into giving you two times what you lost. Oh, yeah. See, he's into giving you double portion. He says, therefore, in their land, they will possess double what they forfeited. You know what the forfeit means? It means you just kind of gave it up. Messed it over, messed it up, lost it. He said, I'm going to give you double what you forfeited. I'm going to give you two times as much of what you lost. Everlasting joy will be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery when it comes to burnt offerings. And he says, and I will faithfully reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them. Then their offspring will be known among the nations. See, Anais is going to be known. Phoenix is going to be known. 3J going to be known among. See, his parents are going to be blessed. And then as a result, they're going to be, your children are going to be blessed. See, God, see, God is into intergenerational wealth. He's into passing it down. He says, a good man shall leave an inheritance, not to his children, to his children's children, his grandchildren. He says, that's what a good man is going to do. He says, I'm going to bless you so much, you're going to be able to leave it, not just to your children. That's great. I thank God to leave it to my children, to your grandchildren. That's how much God wants to bless you. He says, your offsprings, your offspring, they'll be known among the nations and their descendants among the peoples. And he said, and all who see them in their prosperity will recognize and acknowledge them that they are the people whom the Lord has blessed. My God, man. I don't know about you, man, but I'm about to get happy around here, man. I'm about to come about to just drop this mic, start running or something like that. I'm going to get happy for everybody in here, man, because ain't nobody in here like they happy about that. I'm getting blessed by that. Man, God start talking like that. I start getting happy. Not only did he say I'm going to restore. Thank you. I'll be happy. Just restore me. You know, all the stuff I lost, I lost so much stuff, man. Crazy business deals and stuff like that. Just give me back what I lost. Some 
money that I lost. Just give, just give that back to me, I'd be happy. But he said, I'm not just going to do that. I'm going to give you back pay. And then, then that's not even good enough. Then I'm going to double it. <laughs> and then I'm going to make sure that your children get blessed as a result of it. And I'm going to make sure that people know them among the nations. They, I'm going to make sure when people see you, they're going to say those are the people out there blessed by God, man. They're just blessed. Phew, man. All right, let me just keep moving, man, because you guys are not getting happy enough for me. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 12. And it says, turn you to the stronghold, ye prisoners of hope. I'll put here, see, the only thing that I want to ever be imprisoned by is hope. I want to be a prisoner to nothing and nobody but hope. See, without hope, man, people begin to just dry up on the inside. You got to keep hope, man. You got to have hope. And he says, turn to you to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. And he says, even today, I declare that I will render double unto thee. See, that's the confirming word. I'm going to give you double. I'm going to give you double. And I said, put here, you know, now to restore means to bring back, reinstate, or return to a former condition, place, or position. That's what to restore means. It means to give, it means to give something that was previously stolen, taken away, or lost back to the original owner or, or recipient. I see, I put here, see, I, I, again, I don't know about you, but I would be glad if God just did that for me. Just, just restore it. If he just returned to me everything that was taken away from me, I'd be happy. But God doesn't want to stop there. He wants to restore you. But then he mentions that he wants to give you double of what you previously lost. So he doesn't just want to restore you. He wants to give you two times as much as what you had before. He's going to give you double for your trouble. You're not just going to get it back. You're going to get it back and then another one. You're going to get it back and then another one. Two times as much. Get it back and then get another one. I mean, if you just receive this, put, just lift your hands in the air and just receive that right now. Lord, I just receive a double portion of everything that I've lost everything that I forfeited, everything that was stolen from me, everything that I messed over and mismanaged, I thank you, Lord, for giving me, not just restoring me, not just bringing me back to a former condition, but restoring me, compensating me, giving me back pay, and then doubling it. We thank you for doing it for us in our lives. We give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen. You know, look, 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 look. all right. Let me get to this, and I, I guess after this, we'll have to get ready here. Turn to Exodus chapter 3. Now, I'm really just trying to, I'm trying to build your faith. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to build your faith right now. And you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, I want to I wanna just, I just want to show you where the Bible says it in the scriptures. And I believe that this is the time where we're at right now. See, in Exodus, see, right now God is about to, he's about to deliver Israel. And now he's speaking to Moses. This is when he appears to him at the bush, at the burning bush. And so in Exodus chapter 3, verses 4 through 10, it says, 
When the, Lord, when the Lord saw that he, speaking of Moses, turned aside to see, God called him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here, I am, here am I. And God said, do not come near. Put your shoes off your feet. For the place of which you stand is holy ground. Also, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And the Bible says, and Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. And that is what I wanted to get to. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. That's number one. I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters and oppressors. Two, for I know their sorrows, their sufferings, and their trials. That's number three. And he says, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand and power of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a land good and large, a land flowing with milk and honey, a land of plenty. To the place of the Canaanite, the, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Parasite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. And he said, now behold, the cry of the Israelites has come to me. And I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring forth my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Now, I want, I want to just kind of just, if I can, I'm going to try my best to get the, I don't know if I'm going to get to all of these. But see, this is an extremely powerful encounter between God and Moses. And God reveals some, some things about his relationship with himself and his covenant people as he has this interaction. So the first thing he said was, I've seen, surely, I've seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. Now, Psalms 33, 18 through 19, it says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon those who fear him and worship him. On those who hope confidently in, in his compassion and loving kindness to rescue their lives from death and keep them alive in famine. So you need to know that God is watching you and that he sees everything that's happening to you he sees everything that you're going through, and he's seen everything that you've been through. So he got his eyes on you. And I put here, I know that sometimes we don't think that he knows. <laughs> we don't think that he's aware of what people are doing to us. We don't think that he's paying attention to little old me. Why would such a big God be concerned with little old me? But God does see. He's watching. See, he saw when you were rejected. He was watching when you were mistreated. He was looking on when the person wronged you. He saw everything. Nothing escapes his sight. He's omnipresent, which means that he's in all places simultaneously. He saw it, and I put now he's ready to deal with it. See, he said, I've seen, I, I surely I've seen, I've seen, I've watched everything that they've been through. Everything that the Egyptians have put them through, I've been watching. I, I, I see it. I see it. But he hasn't just seen it. Next, God tells Moses that he heard their cry because of their taskmasters and oppressors. And in 1 Peter 3, 12, it says, For the, the eyes of the Lord are looking favorably upon the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer, eager to answer. But the face of the Lord is against those who practice evil. So his eyes are open and his ears 
are constantly listening. Now, I put it here, see, God's not only watching, but he's also listening. He hears you when you cry. He hears you when you're going through. He's listening to your pleas for help. His ears are constantly open to his children. So don't ever think that God's not listening. And I put here, that's one of the reasons why prayer is so important. He's listening to your prayers. He's also listening to people, what people are saying about you. What they're saying to you, what they're saying about you. He's watching and he's listening. But then number three says, he's not only watching, he's not only listening, but he knows the sorrows, the sufferings, and the trials that you're going through. And in Hebrews 4.15, see, knowing is a little different. See, he, you can watch something. You can hear something. But that doesn't mean that you understand. That doesn't mean that you know what I'm going through just because you saw it and you heard it. See, it's different. It's the difference between, you know, you walking by somebody on the street saying, man, you know, I feel sorry for that guy. Man. I see it. I hear their cries, you know, but I don't know because I've never laid on the street. But if you laid on the street before, now you know. Now I understand what you're going through, man. I know exactly what that's like. That's complete difference. And that's what, see, God says, I saw it, I hurt, but I know. I, I, I understand. In Hebrews 4.15, it says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. See, God knows through Jesus everything that we go through experientially. So he doesn't, just doesn't see it. He just don't hear it. He knows. He's been there before. There's nothing that you can experience that he hasn't already experienced. He's already been there and done that. He's, oh, I've been betrayed. Yeah, me too. Jesus said, yeah, me too. Had a good friend by the name of Jesus who betrayed me like crazy, man. There was rich, people reject me. And people rejected me too. He said, the Bible says he came to his own and his own received him not. That's rejection. He said, we don't want you. They rejected him, called him a devil. <laughs> His own people. So yeah, I know what that's like. I understand. He knows what it's like to be hungry, thirsty. Poverty. So he's been, he, he, he knows exactly what it's like. So he says, I, I know, I know what you're going through. You don't have nothing that you've been through. I have, I've been through it all. And see, that just means that God is aware of how hard life has been for you. He understands what you're going through. He doesn't just see it. He don't just hear it. He has personal experience of it. He understands what you're going through. And this speaks of God's intimacy with his people. See, he had to come down, not just to give his life, but to experience life. To experience what we go through. 
He was 100% man. He gave up all of his godly authority when he came down here. And he had to rely on the Holy Ghost just like we do. And he says, I, I, I came there, I, I went through it all just so that I can experience with you. See, I've been there, I know exactly what that's like. He's intimate with you. He in the person of Jesus has experienced everything that you've ever been through. So he has seen it, he heard it, he's experienced it, he knows. And he says because he's seen it and he's heard it and he knows what you're going through, now he's coming down to deliver you. Now he's coming down. And I put here, see, you need to know that God is personally involved with you. See, this is so clear about Jesus. When it was his time to deliver us from our sins, God sent, he didn't send an ordinary man. He didn't send an angel to do it. He came down himself. He didn't just send a representative, go check them out, see how they're doing. He came down himself. So he says, now I'm coming down to deliver you. And when God gets ready to start moving, and he gets ready to start delivering you, things start, I mean, things start turning around real fast. And see, that's why he wants to prepare you and say, see, I'm, I'm about to restore you. Because if you're not ready for it, you can miss it. You can miss your time and your moment of deliverance. The prison doors could be open and you can miss it. Your time for breakthrough could be upon you. And because you're so caught up in what used to be, you cannot recognize it when it's before you. And see, that's why God is saying, see, uh, see I'm, I'm coming down to deliver you. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to compensate you. I'm going to give you back pay. I'm going to give you double for your trouble. Now, get ready. <clears throat> get ready for it. Because it's about to go down. And when I start moving, you can't be moving against me. You got to be working with me. Because I'm about to start turning some stuff around for you. I'm about to start opening up some doors for you. Things are about to start happening quicker than you may think. I love that because God will give you a suddenly. When he starts moving, man, it's like, it'll, it'll blow your mind. It will blow. When, when God started moving for Joseph, I mean, that, that's, a, that's, what, that's what suddenly. I always say this. But Joseph had just enough time, man. He's down there in prison. One day, he's sitting down in prison, one day. And they cried out and said, Joseph, get yourself together. Well, what's going on? You're going to see Pharaoh. What? <laughs> he got enough time to shave, change his clothes. Next thing you know, he's standing in front of Pharaoh. Hey, I heard you can interpret dreams. And he interprets his dream. He never goes back to that prison. Next thing you know, he's in charge of all of Egypt. That's how fast God can turn things around for you. That's how fast God can start moving. You're just sitting down there minding this business, you know, just kind of chilling, you know, thinking that, well, things not going to change for me. I guess I'm being in this prison for a while. And he gets the call. And see, it's as if, see, God is something because he'll make sure that you cannot manufacture no blessings for yourself. 
Because two years earlier, he tells the chief butler, he says, you know, he interpreted his dream. He said, tell Pharaoh about me. You know, I'm in this prison for nothing. Help me get out of here. The guy completely forgets about it. Two years, the Bible says, go. The Bible says two full years went by. Now, that's how specific the Bible is. 24 full months, two full years go by. God completely forgot about him. I'm sure Joseph's just sitting down there, just kind of, you know, like getting used to prison life. And then he gets the call. Time to come up out of them, time to take those prison clothes off. Time to get ready to rule some stuff. And see, because you've been through a mess for so long, you could, you could get caught up in a prison that you're in and not, not hearken, not hear when, when you're called. He was called up out of that prison so that he can begin to rule Egypt. What if he didn't listen to the call? See, that's why you gotta, that's why you gotta always be hopeful. That's why, be a prisoner of hope. You got to know that your turnaround is coming. You may not know when it's coming, but you got to know that it is so that when it does happen, you're ready to jump on it. You always got to be in constant state of preparation. That's the real, that's the real, um, when they talk about the, the wise virgins and the foolish ones who had the lamp, who had the lamp stands. And they were the ones that had oil in their lamps and then ones didn't get didn't change the, getting put the oil in so when the when the lord came and he said it's time to go those ladies weren't ready those virgins weren't ready they had to go and buy oil you got to be in a constant state of preparation you got to be a constant state of readiness to be able to move when god says it's time you got to keep yourself ready you got to prepare yourself constantly. Keep on, you know, whatever it is that you got to do, doing it. Making sure that you're ready for when he says, let's do it. You're ready to jump on it. All right, I'm about to close here, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to close here. Just turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'll get ready to close here. Oh, man. All right. Deuteronomy 8, 7 through 10. I put here, see, he's not just coming to deliver you. He's coming to bring you into something better. See, when God, when God delivers you from something, he always brings you into something better. He don't bring you into something worse. He brings you into something better. And in Deuteronomy 8, 7 through 10, it says, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. A land of brooks of water, fountains and springs, flowing forth in valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley, and vines and fig trees and pomegranates. A land of olive oil and honey. A land where you will eat bread without shortage, in which you will lack nothing. A land whose stones are iron, and unto whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are satisfied, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. When you have eaten and are satisfied. See, God just don't want you to eat. He wants you to be satisfied. 
man, just like, have you ever just ate a meal and you were just satisfied? Like, my God. Have you ever, you know, because you can eat. Just, you can eat something and just get, to just to get full. But you ain't satisfied. You didn't like it. <laughs> you ever ate a meal, you just, you know, you ate it, but you, you got full, but you ain't like it. <laughs> that wasn't satisfying, <laughs> you know. If you ever just ate something you just really like, you just put it in your mouth, you're like, oh, my God, that's so good. And, like, every bite was right. <laughs> like, every bite, like, it don't matter what side you bit it from, it just was good. <laughs> like, my God. Every last one, you got to the end, you was like, you, you, that, you just kind of, you ever had that gravy on your plate and you just kind of, that last piece, you just kind of, <laughs> around the whole plate, you don't get every drop of, Gravy that was on it. <laughs> and you eat that last bite, like, oh my God. <laughs> like, that was good, man. <laughs> like, woo, I'm satisfied. <laughs> See, God said, when you eat and you're satisfied, when you're when you, you going to eat until you get satisfied, get blessed, man. You eat that food, just get blessed. He said, when you do that, you're going to bless the Lord. Say, God, I thank you. You ever, I ate food, I said, God, I thank you. God, that was good. <laughs> he said, you're going to bless the Lord. As for here, you know, see, most of you would just be happy with deliverance. We would just be happy to be released from oppression. We'd be happy just to be free. But although, you know, you could be free. See, God wants you to be free and satisfied. <laughs> he wants you to take it a step further. He wants you to bless you with good things. See, he never brings you out of something and then he just then leaves you there. God doesn't do you like the prison system. <laughs> People release from prison and they get nothing to get back on their feet. They just release them from prison. I'm free. I ain't got no job. Free, ain't got no money. Free, ain't got no place to stay. But I'm free. You get free and you ain't got nothing, no place to go. You ain't got no money. You ain't got nothing, you know, no food to eat. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to go back to what you know, to what got you put in there in the, in the, in the first place. See, God don't want to just bring you out. He just don't want you to be free. See, he wants to restore you. He wants to compensate you. He wants to give you double so that, you got, so that you're, you're ready for freedom. See, he wants, you to, he wants you to get you back on your feet. So you're just not just free and ain't got nothing else. I'm free and got nothing else. See, God wants to prosper you. He wants to bless you. See, I'm just, you see, I'm caught up in this. And you see, I just put here, you see, he always brings you out to bring you into something better. If he delivers you from a bad relationship, he wants to bring you into a better one. If he brings you off a job, his goal is to bless you with a better job. He's always trying to bring you into something better. He'll just bring you out. He brought him out to bring him in, to take him in. Brought him out of Egypt, took him through the wilderness to bring them into the promised land. He always got something better for you. He said he took him through all that wilderness, all those years in the wilderness, and he said to do you good at your latter end. See, God is looking to do you good. 
He's not like he's not trying to do bad things for you. He's said to do you good in your latter end. And I, I don't know about you, but but I've been starting to experience, you know, the taste of it. You know, him starting to restore some things. I'm starting to starting to taste it, you know. I, I've been going through a couple of years of it now. Restoration. God bringing back some things. Him, him, him compensating. Him giving, giving, back the, giving back the years. I remember, you know, I was making all of this money when I was working for Prudential, man, a long time ago. And, uh, and I left and decided to do, start my own business. I just was, I was ambitious, man. I said, I'm just going to leave, do my thing, man. And I was, uh, and you know, something else, man. I was making great money, and then I had to start making less money. But God was still, still taking care of me, still making sure I was able to do everything. But at this point, I've been restored, man. I'm making more money than I was making then. I've been restored. And I'm more, much more happier. <laughs> but see, God is, you know, he's starting to restore some things. So I, 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 I speak that not just as me, you know, just preaching a message. I want you to receive it as a prophecy over your life that this that this is your season for restoration that God is restoring some things he's about to restore to you but not just restore see that would be great he said I'm gonna restore you I'm gonna compensate you I'm gonna give you back pay he said and I'm gonna give you double what you lost even if it was your fault Even if you messed up, even if you messed up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay you back. I'm going to give you double what you lost. So, so I'm going to close right there. Just lift your hands to Jesus. We're going to close right there. We're going to close right there. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you. For your word, we thank you for speaking to us. Father, I believe that was a right now word. I believe that was a prophecy spoken over this house. And I pray that your people receive that word. That this will not be a word that goes in one ear and out the other. But that your people will receive this word today. That they'll believe it, put into practice. And begin to open up their eyes to see the opportunities that you're about to place before them. The doors you're about to open for them. I'm believing for our people to begin to walk underneath an open heaven. And Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for speaking to us. We thank you for the truth of your word. And we receive it this morning. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, come on, let's just give Jesus a praise for his word. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen. Amen, amen.